Welcome to Good Service. We are your hosts, Ben Chung. And Kevin Zha. Each week, we'll be breaking bread and having real, raw, and vulnerable talks about life, faith, and everything in between, and always over a fire meal. Thanks for joining our table today. Let's eat. Folks, welcome or welcome back to another episode of Good Service. We are your hosts, Ben. And Kevin. And today we have a very special guest. We have co-founder of Wahoo's Fish Tacos. We got Ed Lee in the pod. Hey. What's up, Ed? Hey, thanks for having me here. Thank you so much for coming through. Today, uh, we are enjoying some salads. We're going healthy mode today, uh, inspired by Ed. And uh, today we are enjoying mixed. They are a... um, they are a staple out in uh, Silver Lake, which is Ooh. kind of in the area, or my hood at, at least. And they are a proud B Corp, which is B interesting. Corp. They put oh. that on the website. They're like, we are a proud wow. B Corp. And uh, so, yeah, today we have, this is, I'm getting into the mixed cob salad. And uh, I think, Kev, you got the, that's the bachelor. It, the has, bachelor. it has some skirt steak in there. Yes. And Ed, we got the falaf, which is the vegan, but we added yeah. some uh, protein chicken for you yeah thank you so before we get into it so we have uh what we call a first bite reflection so before we eat uh just a a prompt for the table i was praying before or as i was driving here and i was like lord what are we what is this first bite reflection for today and uh i feel like um i'm in a in a place where i'm unlearning certain things Mm. unlearning certain things and so, um, yeah, I would love to just uh, just give that to the table. What is something that you are unlearning in this current season? It's good. So mm. I'm gonna take my first bite, All and right. I could even All kick right. it off since I'm the one who prompted this. <laughs> I can kick it off. Mm. Well, that's a good dressing. They got potatoes in here, which is a pretty smart move. <laughs> Like steak and potato, salad, right? Yeah, just steak and potato, but salad form. Grilled onions too. My wife would be so proud of me right now. Good job, <laughs> yeah. Mm, okay, so I'll kick it off. Something that I feel like I am unlearning in this season. So I've been, I've been praying and asking God. Um, oh, Kev, can I get a napkin? Is there an extra napkin? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've been asking the Lord. Um, all good. Uh, like calling, right? Like, Lord, what are you calling me to? Um, as I've shared all, a lot on this pod. So, I mean, I've, you know, I've been dancing professionally for, you know, the better part of the last 20 years. And I felt like um, that felt like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do this forever. You know, when you're young, you don't think past like <laughs> literally next year. Right. But, you know, I think now I'm in a place where, you know, I'm in my 40s and not to say that I'm done dancing, but um it doesn't seem like that's it's gonna look the next 20 years of my life is probably not gonna look like the past 20 years of my life and so i've been asking the lord like lord what's this next move and and uh i've been feeling like like i've been in such search for the calling and i saw something actually this morning on instagram that actually was very it was very convicting um not to say that searching for calling is wrong or anything like that but we can get so caught up with searching for the thing and not the the one who provides the thing. So um, on Instagram, I saw this clip where um, there was a pastor who was saying, 
uh, when we focus so much on the calling, when focusing is like, essentially we're like meditating on the thing, right? Mm -hmm. And we're not called to meditate on anything other than the Lord and the word of God. And so he was saying, instead of, uh, instead of searching for the calling, search for the one who calls. And, and, um, and that's when I was like, man, Lord, am I praying so much for like, God, I need, I need something from you. I need the thing versus Lord, I just need you. If I, if I just had you, if I just had my Bible and the basic necessities of life, would that be enough for me or do I need more? And so I think the unlearning that I am in process of is exactly that, like searching for the one who calls versus the calling itself. That's good. Wow. Yeah. That's deep. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Way to kick it off, bro. Yeah, I know. I was like, wow, okay, where do we go from here? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Did I'm I just like, set the bar? Ed, Did I just set <laughs> the bar too high? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. I'm just kidding. No, that's good, though. That's, yeah, that's good. a good word. That's a good word. Yeah. What about you, Ed? So interesting that you say that because every sort of every other year I go to a class at uh, Christian College and they ask me about what is your calling? Mm. So the funny thing to me is that calling is a verb. So like, the, you know, to me, it's like it's going to change with seasons and we're constantly, you know, like we're being called, mm. calling. It's like something's going to happen in our season. And it's very interesting that you're now in the season, uh, you're midway through life sort of, and you got to start changing. Mm. Um, I love the way you thought. Uh, I never thought about, you know, trusting in God until the last couple months of my life now. It's like um, wake up, be thankful trust in him. He's going to guide you. So even though I'm looking for my new calling, um, it's that season. Uh, people keep reminding me I'm on the last quarter, which is weird. So you're like, hmm, uh-huh. I'm Wait, in that. Who says this? Your peers? Peers like, well, hey, we're, we're like getting old. Oh and it was like, goodness. dang. Was <laughs> the this, last uh, quarter. Oh hey, my you God. look oh, good, no, Ed. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, right, I think you got some time, bro. Don't listen to that. <laughs> I know. But we're thinking. You got to think about what yeah, do you want right, to do. Right, um, right. And I get asked legacy questions because now I am a little bit older. What do you want and what is your calling? So I actually love the fact that you're, you're saying that if we focus on Christ, the calling will come mm. you know maybe that that's i think now I'm, I'm looking at this completely different if you would have asked me that question 20 minutes ago while you saying that i would have been going i'm praying for that calling i'm right. praying and i'm looking for god to hey open that door because i'm confused a little bit right. but the main thing is like the last couple months you know focusing being thankful first not asking for things like God knows what's in our heart, but you, mm. I just didn't want to start my morning goes, Oh dear Lord, give me this, give me this. So please, you know, instead of like, I just want to be thankful. I want to mm. just wake up, be thankful and learning how to walk with him and trusting him all over again is my mm. goal this year. Wow. Well, it's almost over. So, but I'm like, that's, yeah. and I think that's part of the calling process, but it's giving it up trusting them i think that's the hardest thing for me to do i i don't think i've never done that before and maybe because you you're scared that the door he's going to open is not the one you want necessarily (laughs) so anyway what what is something that you feel like you're unlearning (sighs) unlearning wise is you know I've, I've been humbled many times in my life, but I think I now need to be more humble than when I talk to people. <laughs> Unlearn the way that I think I'm like, because I'm older, I think I've gone through enough and I want to talk. Um, so I'm trying to stop 
and listening to start listening to people. So I'm changing the way I want to connect with people. Mm. Let them say their things first. Let them be part of the conversation. Let them be versus. I have the tendency to be like, I know this, I know that, I've done this. The Bible doesn't say that. You know, like mm. I've always been more because of my age. I think you know that I, I don't not necessarily talk down, but I don't talk on a level like let's listen to you first. So unlearning my attitude and and truly giving it to God, like let God talk through me versus me forcing the issue. Um, I have I I have such a hard time with this because I want to argue with people. Like I love arguing, like having <laughs> major discussion, whether it's biblical, politics, whatever it is. I, I don't get mad, but I get passionate about it. Like I just get excited, but can't do that. Mm. Listening first is more important. Let them <laughs> listen, and you know. People around me are starting to see, hopefully, see the actions that I'm stepping back and let them and hear them first. Mm -hmm. Anyway, undoing my attitude problems, which it'll take a lifetime probably too. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's also just straight biblical wisdom. Bible says exactly. be be quick to hear, slow to speak. That's exactly. Good. That's good. Easier um, said than done. Right. One hundred percent. Yeah, I feel that. What's crazy is like I'm sitting here. Ed's been walking with Jesus longer than me, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening. He's like, yeah, I need to be humbled more. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And for him to say that, mm. you know, you're, you're older than me. So when you say that, I'm like, how many more years, God? <laughs> I know. Like, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, I'm sitting here unlearning. There's just so much unlearning lately. It's just like this whole year has been really, really wild for me and for Ben and some of our friends. And um, I literally feel like uh, I have to, one of the, one of the things that I was subconsciously relearning and unlearning is where I stand with the Holy Spirit. Like for me, and this is, uh, my pastor said this, which is hilarious. You learn about God and Jesus, right? But the Holy Spirit is that weird uncle. <laughs> that, that's a, he says that because right. like nobody thinks about Holy Spirit as much as you would of Jesus or God because it's so personified, right? You're like, God, big God, right? This is like big father in heaven. And then Jesus, our savior. Like if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be saved. But he states, and we've said this in the rooms here, is that he says that it's better when I'm gone. So the helper is here. And that is the Holy Spirit. And so, and I never really sat with the spirit like that. I never like, not in the past ever where I could just ask for the Holy Spirit, come, let me sit with you. Let me, let me feel your presence. Let me get answers from you. Like I never did that before because hmm. I thought it would be too spiritual or weird is he right? here yeah yeah right <laughs> and, I, and even i felt weird mm, but no. more recently i'm just kind of embracing the fact that the world isn't as just in just in the physical as it used to be it's not just what's in front of me there's something bigger and mm. and the more i embrace it the more i'm really seeing like like things shift like people shifting um like the things that's going on in the world today, by the time this goes out, it's been a wild year for us guys. And mm, there's all this sure. turmoil, war, there's all this stuff going on, but I feel it. Like, even if no one's told me the news, I would actually feel, hey, there's some shifting going on. Like, I feel it. And just, it's just incredible how when you allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life, it really just helps you navigate. And life really does get easier. Mm. which is strange and i think that's one of the biggest unlearnings right now like it's just it's wild, it's mm. wild. Well, i like that yeah. wow yeah i mean 
uh, we were sharing this uh, even yesterday at our, our Bible study. We're talking about like obviously there's there's wars going on. Um, you know, people are dying. People are are um, hurting. Um, still, like the effects of COVID are, mm. I would say now it's really setting in, right? Like this pandemic that we all just got through three years of um, loss of lives, loss of jobs, homelessness, like increasing mental health is like, I'm, I have never been even aware of men, mental health until yeah, the no. pandemic. I'm like, what's <laughs> mental health? And do I even have mental health? And now oh, I'm like, goodness. oh, wow, I think I, I need some help, you know? And, you know, I was doing, I was in therapy for a while. So all that to say, like, we were just like, man, this is a very tough time in the world. Um, people need God more than ever. And, but like, what a time it is for the Lord to radically save people and to miraculously do things that we've never um, experienced before. And I think even that's why um, I see people really seeking God. And um, I met I met one of, you know, he's he's been coming, I think this is the second week coming to our Bible study. And he was just sharing with us like how he never really like even really thought about a relationship with God until recently where he's like, I just feel like I need it. And, um, you know, he was mm -hmm. like saying, like, I don't I don't even know if like because he's like, I hear people talk talk to me about like hearing the voice of God and all that. Like, what does that even mean, man? Like, I don't know if I, yeah. if I hear the voice of God. And he's like, I want to, though, you know, <laughs> and I was just like, bro, I think you, you without maybe you don't realize it, but you are following the voice of God because look how look how you're seeking after him like you're coming to these Bible studies like he's going to church on his own he's in a men's group he's got a mentor and I'm like bro you are following the voice of God straight up like look at what you're saying you know yeah. and so I just think that there's like yeah it's a it's a crazy time um but and even this podcast, I think this is something that God put on our, our hearts just at the top of this year, too, because we're like, hey, we got to have these conversations. You know, I think as believers, we we tend to think that there is like this this box that we can we can navigate within this box. We can talk about things in this box outside of this box. There's a couple off limit things there that we can't talk about. But we're like, yo, dude, like God, Jesus was never in a box. No. And and all throughout scripture, I mean, there was some horrific things in scripture. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That people yeah. were, I mean, nothing new under the sun, right? There is no sin new under the sun. So whatever we struggle with now, mm. addictions, um, you know, violence and, you know, all that stuff was in the Bible. And so like, yeah. why why would we think that there are these off-limit topics? And, you know, Kevin and I say this all the time, like we're not pastors, we're not seminarian theologians. We're just a couple of regular dudes who love God mm -hmm. and who go through our ups and downs. And we learn by asking questions. You know what I mean? Like, dude, when I sit in our Bible study, I'm kind of like, hey, I have questions for you guys because yeah. I want yeah. to know. It's not like I'm yeah. not here to be like, here, I got all the answers. Yeah, I'm like, I, I have questions, you know, like, what is this, what do you guys this mean? What do you guys think this means in scripture and things like that? Um, but Ed, so, okay, like, you know, there's so much that we can get into. I mean, for one, like, you know, you have one of the most like 
uh, staple fish taco joints. <laughs> like, All of the world. Well, are you are you are you global or are you just Japan? Okay. And then um, you know through the pandemic, unfortunately, we lost a lot of stores. So mm-hmm. we we are down to about fifty two. Still, still a good sized wow. company. You know, we're we're still doing well, but it the COVID you know banged us up pretty hard. So we lost a, one one unit in Japan. Um, Japan, mm. all the units in Hawaii are gone. Philly is gone. You know, wow. Jersey's gone. Um, half of uh, Colorado now we're um, half is gone, and now we're trying to rebuild. So we're in the rebuilding stages. So, um, but the more amazing thing of all this is like next month uh, we turn thirty five years old. Wow. Congrats. That's right? Amazing. It's like, dang. Time you know? pop, bro. I know. Go. It's like time. <laughs> like, yeah. So people freak out. Like, we've, we've been together. My brothers and I have been together for a long time doing this. And it's uh, it, it's a blessing to be able to still call each other brothers. Yeah. I mean, it's um, we've I had our like, better. Yeah, I have so many questions. Okay, let me. <laughs> okay, go, go, go. So because for me, I'm, I'm in I'm in food industry with you. I do it a little different. I'm on the marketing side, right? So like for me, the questions that I have as someone that just loves God, right? When was when there must have been a, a moment in your youth or whenever that moment was where your faith with God and work got really serious? There must have been a time. Do you remember that? Because I I specifically am literally like living through it, meaning like there is a way I used to work before I decided to get serious about my faith. And then the way I was after I got serious about my faith, like literally the way I worked with people changed. So there must have been a moment like that. You know, unfortunately, like the beginning was so busy. We're so like yeah. caught in the the worldly things, just moving along, and it, mm-hmm. we didn't have any money. So you're 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 going through this struggle about trying to just make the ends meet. So you're not really mm-hmm. looking. Um, but the one thing that I've always been driven in my heart is that don't step on anybody's back. You know, all those things that are common amongst. It's oh, not even biblical necessarily, but it's comes from faith. You just have to have. And the biggest moment I think is uh, that changed sort of my life altogether is my older brother passed away and the whole world can, can crash down because he was my, you know, literally the art, more of our partner than anything. So when mm. he passed, the whole world came sort of crushing down. And to me, that was, uh, I think it changed the way I look at life forever. What Maybe, year into the company was that? Uh, How many years? Uh, five years or so. Oh, wow. So you guys were still um, So Bismarck was 14 years older than me. He is 14 years older than me. And then um, not only my older brother, but an attorney. So, you you know, I always felt like this thing where I was invincible. And maybe that's why I didn't lean on God as much. I always leaned on my brother uh, because... You know, I always just say, uh, my brother will come over and kick your ass and he's going <laughs> to yeah, sue you. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to yeah, sue you. You know, like I, I've never like worried about putting the armor uh, on or the helm, mm. like nothing, because I have my big brother. Like, right. dude, uh, my brother's going to crush you. And he used to tell me, don't worry wow. until I worry. Wow. So, you know, you're going through the pace of being a Christian, going everything. And all of a sudden it's like, wow. now you have to worry. Life changed mm. dramatically. Now I had to fall back and start thinking, oh, man, I better. And then you start praying a little bit more. You start thinking about things. So not necessarily did God come back into my life because of work. It was because a loss of a brother. Now you got to have to deal with that whole uh, raising six girls, you know, and um, the whole world literally stops. And you can't think of anything because you're lost. Because the first time in your life, you have to worry. Wow. I never worried before then. You know, I, I how old were you at the time? 
29 wow. in the following year I got mm. married too so we went from from being like just the world just rocked like boom it was, it was he was in a car accident so you're like it just stopped for us like and then you had to start picking up pieces the girls, you know, finances, you know, you start making mistakes. And I had to lead the whole family through that. And I made a lot of bad choices because you're, you're, that was not my job in the family. So, but now you're navigating that. And like when my little brother got married, you know, the same year, a couple months after, we're still reeling back and trying to figure out our lives then. And then, you know, another year goes by, I had to get, you know, we're getting married. So you, you're going through, like you're going through fire. And you just putting one at a time, doing the best you kind of can. And I think, you know, even then I was like, Lord, you got to help me. You got to help me. I was scared half the time, but I never wow. once publicly showed how troubled I was. I wow. just like, he kept going. Because uh, even you processing know. grief through all that, it's because you're firefighting yeah. for years. So I made the mistake, which I made the same mistake twice. So you seem not to learn very well, but I just shoved all that grieving down, down the down the side and you start living life. You had to, I had six girls to deal with, one in grading college, three in high school. See, like, and these girls are tough and mean. You know, I was getting the F-bomb dropped at me. You're not my dad. You know, you're like, oh, it was not easy. A couple hmm. of them, like, it's it's not, you know, and I wasn't their dad. Right. But I was making decisions for, for the family, including my sister-in-law, like, you know, I gotta make these decisions. You know, we gotta, we gotta move. Um, so banks are being, I was getting recalled by banks, you know, cause my brother was a signer on the banks. The wow. notes are all him. I had no credit. So, you know, my older brother signed and all of a sudden he had to recall. Um, I had the IRS knocking on my door. I was about to lose Wahoo. So you're just like, you're, you're in scramble bone, but not once that I, I think I showed the world that how much, you know, pain and, and stress I was in. And each time I'm like, just you know, open that door, do something happen. And somehow mm. now looking back, God guided me through each of those moments, mm. but it's just forgotten that. And that's why it's like, for me, start being thankful every morning, be thankful. God has works in a mysterious ways and he's working even right now through us, right? And, yeah. but we don't think those things. We're just, yeah. oh, gotta get busy. We gotta get busy. But God is in our lives every moment. And he, he had a hand on me. Even though I didn't see it back then, his hand, because Wahoo survived. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. And we yeah. did well after that. So Yeah, because I was only year five and you're at year 35. 35. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Whew. Whew. Exactly. <laughs> so, Ed, you were, you were sharing a little bit um, before we started rolling. I, I had no idea. So, you know, Shane O, um, shout out Shane. He, he was on our podcast. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you said that you and Shane related on something. Um, unfortunately, you would have rather not related on something like Correct. that. Um, can you unpack a little bit of what that meant? So the way I met Shane was a, a mutual friend of ours uh, introduced this, but Shane is, he, he blows my mind because he talks about his daughter as she's here. Like there's a, there's somebody here, but he also knows that she's not. And she, he, he talks in his words, you can start. So we're having wine and he's talking, Laura's here. And then Juno went to the bathroom and I actually said, Hey, uh, it sounds like you, your daughter passed away. It's none of my business. Mm. And he goes, Oh yeah, she passed away. And then I said, Hey, it's not the time. 
but my son passed away almost seven years ago to date, uh, so December. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, Emilio took his life seven years ago, and that that rocked our world completely. I, I didn't think, when I lost my brother, I thought it was the worst day of my life. Like, it, it couldn't get worse than that. But then when I lost Emilio, it was like, our whole world really fell apart. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just, but, so there are guys like Shane, when we talked, we feel each other's heart. You just feel it because you can't explain it. And I don't want anyone to feel that. Yeah. I even, even like I always say, like not even my worst enemy. I don't want them to feel this pain, this huge hole that's in your heart. And, uh, but Shane and I have been able to connect that way. And, and it's, uh, it's good that we have each other, but it's sad that we have each other. And mm. I don't know how to explain that yeah. moment to ourselves, but I love hanging out with Shane. Uh, but he really, uh, he chose to really embrace God and and know that she's in a, you know in his hands. And he really embraced that versus I got so angry. I was, you know, he's like, how could this possibly be in my life? Like how, why would God, takeaways like somebody so i was asked like christians sometimes need to like take two steps back and don't ask stupid questions but but <laughs> she i always tell shade you know you and i go out there and we're putting it out there to try to help others and you're gonna get questions they're not stupid questions it's just that's what they're thinking at that moment right. and, and it's coming from a good place but it comes out totally wrong right like oh you know he's in a better place you're like oh you guys don't do that right. the better place is here with next to me mm. or you know um, there's a plan for everything i get it but it's it's with time i get it I'll, i get it but don't say that when somebody's starting to grieve at that process or somebody actually asked me like oh, maybe like god there's no way God would have taken them from me because I loved them. And maybe I loved them more than God for the period of 17 and a half years of his life. I love that kid. I love my oldest. You know, we, I'm close to them. Uh, I chose for 17 and a half years of my life to be a father first. I didn't surf as much. Uh, I just work and rushed home and be with them. Um, I didn't make a lot of close friends through the year because... I didn't have the time. I just wanted to be like, my joy was to get off work as fast as humanly possible and go skateboarding with them. <laughs> and I would oh, use, like yeah. sit them down on a longboard and I would use my hand and would go around in circles or take them to the pool. Yeah. Uh, I just love being their father. And, and then this all changed in one moment, like a look, well, and, uh, but yeah, I connect with Shane in that level. And I, I'm hoping I don't connect with other people on that level, but this crazy thing <laughs> no, no, no. is, mm -hmm. they're yeah. there. They're right. like, there's. I yeah. hear their stories, and I'm like, shoot, uh, I don't know how to get through grief. I'm learning still myself, mm -hmm. but the the all I can tell people is uh, the don'ts of the, the the grieving process. Like, can't drink, can't drink because man, it might numb your brain, but it's all temporarily. For sure, don't do drug. I mean, that that just, or take pills. It just, all that does is just pushes things down and kicks the bucket, you know, mm. down the road too. But because right. grieving is forever. And that's, yeah. Wow. wow. That's a lot. You know, when, yeah. you're, when you're saying, because, man, I feel like I, I have the whole foot in the mouth thing. I'm like, okay, if I hear somebody who's going through something, I'm just like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to, you know, but um, I don't know, man. I also feel um, 
because I am just like a, I'm I'm just an honest and transparent person. And I, I think, and I would love to just get, you know, y'all's take on this too. Um, I think it's for me, I'm like, hey, I don't even know what to say. And I'll I'll say that. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like that's perfect. I don't even know what to say. I'm I'm sorry. And don't say you're sorry. Oh, okay. Really. Just say, hey, uh, I don't know what to say, mm-hmm. and let's work through this. Because mm. Shane and I have gone through this, and we still don't yeah. know how to say it to other people yeah. because their pain is not the same as mine and mm. same as Shane. Mm-hmm. Um and men are worse. They're the worst about this. We're not really a good communicator. <laughs> but, you know, a good hug. Say, hey, you know, let's talk yeah. when you're ready. Yeah. But please call me when you're ready. Like, you mm. know, and then. And actually what you're saying is like, hey, I'm not going to say the right thing. So I'm, I don't want to offend you by any means. But it's coming from a good heart. And that's what I think men forget to say at first. Right. They're like right off the bat goes, bro. And then it's like. No, you're not my bro right now. Mm. I just need time. Right. I just need yeah. I need somebody to sit. And we're not good huggers. We're just we just yeah. hey, how you know, did you watch the football game? You're like, no, no, dude, I didn't watch a football game. Mm-hmm. But that's how we go to. We don't know right. what to say. Yeah. Uh women are a lot better. And they start crying. They they emotionally let it all out versus men just I gotta fix this, I gotta move on. Shane and I are still learning to go through that process, and Shane is He's gnarly, like I said. He puts it out there in the world. Right. And I say, Shane, you can't expect people not to say anything back to you. True. They will say, I'm sorry. You know, I'll pray for you. Like, and then Shane gets angry a little bit sometimes because it's the wrong thing. But I was like, you're the one that's telling people. Right. So their mm-hmm. response is, I want to help. <laughs> right. Every guy yeah. he knows wants to help him. Every male friend I have wants to help me, but they just don't know how. And that's okay. They're, you can't expect somebody to know how this process is going to work. So what you're saying is perfect. Hey, I don't know what to, how to do this. I don't know how, what to say to you, but can I work with you? And then he's going to work with you. It just takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was like five, three, four years into grieving and then had to get restart my whole life. And part of the main issue, and I know Shane and I know a couple of the other guys I talked to on a regular basis, the first step was even choosing to live. You know, you're, wow, you're yeah. so tired no one's suicidal by any means but you're just so tired mm. you're praying you're talking to god but you're like lord i'm tired mm. if i don't wake up tomorrow morning it's going to be a blessing i just can't sleep anymore i can't can't barely stay awake mm. yeah. and then and so you have to choose these things but no one's gonna know that right. until time and then you start opening it up to the world this is the first steps you have to take it will save my life uh, stop drinking and drinking a lot less, <laughs> but you got to yeah. move on mm-hmm. to those things. And uh, mm-hmm. um, I love talking to Shane because we we feel, uh, and, and my wife, of course, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, that's the closest person that's going to know your pain uh, yeah. is your wife, and you got to work yeah. with her. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, as much as it sucks to relate to somebody through a similar story. Um, and I'm not going to be that guy to be like, oh, like God turns your mess into a message or whatever. But there is something very interesting, like an, an interesting dynamic that just exists when someone else has gone through something that you've gone through or yeah. something similar to it. Like, wow, just even the fact that like you can relate, um, it, it creates, I guess, safety, but like it creates this. I mean, I don't know, man, like shared grief. There is something powerful with that. I mean, yeah, like we, we love to celebrate together. Like we, we do birthday parties and invite people and we celebrate together. 
And but for some reason, when we grieve, we tend to want to go isolate. Like, let me go cry by myself in my closet, <laughs> you know, exactly. versus inviting someone into it. And that's a weird thing. And it's mm. the enemy uses that, you know, because as you're talking about how men are just the worst at it, which I agree, um, because we have whatever it is, our tendencies are to be like, I got to be strong. Like, I got to figure it out. I got to be strong for this person and strong for that person. And then it's this like, you know, like, I don't know, just this protective nature where we're like, don't worry about me. I'm fine. I'll, I'll figure it out on my yeah. own. Like, are you okay though? I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I agree. I think men have, um, you know, just culturally traditionally we just been that that uh you know we we gotta be the strong one but like yeah. having someone there another man to that you you know that has has gone through something like that and seeing how they process um i think that's i mean i know god uses he, he is using it like you you got like you guys are there for one another and and for you to even say that like you're you're grieving still um Man, that's crazy. Like, and yeah, like grief can be a forever thing. It is a forever thing. Mm. So people don't understand that. It took me five years of my life to, for the counselor kept saying, hey, it's not fixable. But it wasn't being drilled in my head. For some reason, I just kept, it kept skipping over. And then finally the sessions ended and he's like, and you think you're going to get a certificate and go home, put it up on the wall <laughs> right. and be all good. Well, and he's like, he's like, <laughs> he's yeah. like yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. No, he's like, and I was shocked. I was so shocked. I was and disappointed. Uh, got a little confused, angry all over again. Goes, what do you mean this is not fixable? He's like, dude, no, I told you, you weren't listening. I told you that from the beginning. This is a, this you're gonna go process and it will maybe start all over again, over and again, over again. You're like, I missed that part because you didn't want to hear it. You, you, in my mind, I think now looking back, I wanted to hear it's fixable. I'm not gonna mm. be in this pain forever. But now that we've moved forward to this point, for the first time in my life, I'm saying, oh, fine, there is, God is going to work through this somehow, and I'm just going to have to trust him. And that's why I said in the beginning, of the, you know, I'm learning how to trust God all over again because I lost faith. I lost trust. Yeah. Huh? You know, yeah. like I was just so I'm rebuilding that. Um, so far, you know, Michelle and I were invited on Channel uh, 11, Fox Channel 11, and she spoke, and, and uh, we spoke, and then the following day, uh, you know, one of the news people called us back and a young lady wrote in and said she, Michelle saved her life. Wow. You know, so mm. God is using it. It's just right. that it's, it's, it sucks for me that there was this moment had to come because I lost of a child. Right. But, you know, for me, like knowing that Michelle saved someone's life, that's, you know, that's mm. like, so, you know, you know, it's God's hand. It's right. not ours, you know, um, but yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> hey guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode so far. Just to keep it real, it takes time, energy, and resources to produce this pod. If you feel led to, you can support us by donating on Cash App at Good Service Podcast. Any amount, large or small, is truly appreciated. Thank you guys so much. We love y'all. Back to the episode. So if, if grieving is a forever thing, um, you know, I think, yeah, when you think something is never going to stop when you want it to, 
it could be very discouraging. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as you're talking about you in this place now, sort of rediscovering, trusting in the Lord, um, that doesn't sound like it's uh, something that's in and of you that you're doing. So what what do you feel like? Like, how did you even feel like I need to get back to the Lord? Like, because I mean, you sounded like you kind of were like, I lost hope. Um, you kind of ditched it for a bit and you're, you know, you're talking about it right now. And um, what was that or what is that like? Like, how do you feel like you're building your trust back in the Lord? Well, there, there's a wake up moment in everybody that's grieving or going through process in their life. By the way, there are good days mm -hmm. and you have things that. So it's not just, a, oh, I'm, I can't, you know, I'm still not sleeping. But unfortunately, for a whole year, I drank so much. I was drinking at least two bottles of wine a night just to calm the thinking, like mm -hmm. just stop thinking. I, and, you know, but you pass out every night because you're drunk. And I didn't think that was anything because I didn't wake up in the morning going, gosh, I wish I have a glass of wine again. No, I was like, no, five o'clock comes, I'm going to have a glass of wine. And unfortunately, it's like, anyway. So Michelle and I went to a party up in L.A., here in L.A., and... Uh, didn't even think much of it. We're, I drank a lot, got in the car, and drove Michelle home. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened. Great. So a month or two ago, passes by. We went to the doctor, and she said, whoa, your, your liver is pretty bad. Wow. What have you been doing? And on my mind, I'm like, nothing really. And she's like, no, you guys, you, there's something. And then I don't know how the conversation began, but Michelle started talking about that night because she's never seen me drink by myself, really. She wasn't paying attention to all the bottles being gone. Uh, oh, my God. I know, yeah. There was over 600 bottles in my house, and then, then it's down to about 100 in one year. Oh, and wow. still buying wines mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So she starts going, oh, my gosh. Um, you know, it's embarrassing, but, you know, I'll, there was uh, champagne, a $100 glass of champagne being poured for free. You're like, I'm going to drink this thing. You know, I'm not going to. And whenever Michelle's like, I don't want anyone. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. four glasses of champagne, two, three glasses of wine. I don't know where, where, where we landed, but Michelle calculated 10 glasses of wine plus a shot of cognac before I got in the car and drove. Mm. So the wake up moment was you're, you could have killed your wife, the mother of your children, yeah. and you could have killed other people on that freeway, and they would have been in the same spot Whoa. you hate being in. Mm. So you're like, frick, that you use other words. And I was so mm. disappointed in me. I was disappointed that I put a lot of people's lives in danger. So you start having to choose things. And the first thing I did is call, I uh, thought, who, where's gonna be my safe space to talk about something I don't wanna talk to about anybody? And I thought about, to pastor's friend. I said, well, I could call you know, these guys. And, and I chose Ron because Ron has been through a couple seasons with me. And I thought, you know, we met in college. I said, you know, yeah. I'll call Ron. And it turns out, again, it's like at that moment, you're not thinking God is directing, but Ron does, he's the co-author of the book and he does grief counseling. So mm -hmm. it worked out. He didn't judge me, but he started, whoa, the drinking. <laughs> Let's curb that. Um, and it's, so he's like, okay. So that process alone took me three to four months. I, I was not an alcoholic, but I, I just was numbing my brain. But now the scary part is your brain is unnumbed, and now you're back to thinking all the time. You're like, I got, Lord, man, it's, I need to have that part of my head just shut down so I can sleep. 
So this is the moment where you start walking. And, and Ron has been telling me, I got in a men's group through uh, um, Ed Salas at uh, uh, New Song. Yeah. So I've been working with the men's group. I work on a Friday calling in group. So I've been working with all this. And Ron, the whole time through, is like, you know, all this anger you got against God, you know, you're going to have to deal with it yeah. and throw it at his feet, you know, curse him, yell at him, call him whatever you want. And and I was doing that for about a year, you know, like, how could you do this? You know, how mm -hmm. could you take my, you know, one of the greatest things you gave me. And I always believed that God gave me the privilege to raise these two boys. You know, I've always felt that. I felt so privileged all the way to them. Anyway, so you, you start walking with God and, and then step two, step three. And then then this year was about being thankful. And I've been working with that in my heart. And now I'm working with them to trust them for 2024. Yeah. You're going to have to learn how to. So for me, this journey is about, you know, if we're going back a full circle about callings in life, for me, now the journey is to be good with God again and and mm. get into that season with Him, talk to Him again, and not as angry, but maybe there's something else we could do. Uh, I just don't know what that is, but I love that, that you said earlier, trust in Him. You know, don't look for a calling. Talk to Him. Let's just focus on mm. Christ first. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you're like bringing up the, you know, you know, work with this Holy Spirit that next to you, you know, yeah. just work with them. So I think now after this, you know, talking to you guys in my heart now, it's like, let's work on those things. And then yeah. I think God will open a door. Like, hey, just don't worry about that door. Uh, let's just, I have to learn all that again. You know, mm -hmm. that's just listening to you, Ed, just like what's crazy is like when we started the podcast, you know, you have a book written, you know, about grief and you've been going through it for seven years. And just listening to your ability just to be like open, honest, and just humble before the Lord and being obedient to this long and painful journey that you're on. Like I, I was coming into this like, oh, Ed's going to sit here and give us some solutions today. Great. Because yeah. that's my man brain, right? Yeah. My man brain's going, cool. He's going to come on the pod. He's going to talk about his grief. And people are going to listen and be like, oh, there's all these easy, like one quick answers. His yeah. book's going to solve everything. <laughs> you know? yeah, right, That's right. my natural like oh, tendency. For sure. I want that too. Because as a parent, listening to your story, it, it grieves my heart to the core. So like to me, I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm, I can't wait to hear some of these amazing things. But then I realize as I'm listening, it's like, it, it's, it's tough, man, just hearing it. And... And I just like, thank you for just being so open and sharing. And I can't help but to keep thinking of um, like the refiner's fire. They talk about refining silver and gold, but that actual process of like refining silver, I just heard this, is the the the, the person doing it, which if, it, if that's God and you're silver and he's refining you, that whole process is a very long, arduous process. And he's with you the whole time. Yeah. And he doesn't stop staying next to you and he doesn't stop refining until he could see his own reflection in the silver. Yeah. And I think that is such a powerful image that's in the Bible itself about what that refining process is. And the fact that you're living through that like right now, live, and I'm like yeah. missing it. And I'm like yeah. sitting here on my edge of my seat, like hoping for all these man answers because I'm like an idiot. Yeah. I don't know either. I know. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm I like, know. damn, that sounds terrible mm. and really difficult. But I just I just really appreciate that, man. And it's just beautiful. So Ron gave me a bunch of books to read. 
and I actually went to Hawaii by myself and I just read a bunch of grieving books about grieving. Mm. And I actually came home and the first thing I told Michelle's like, man, I'm gonna fly myself to Dallas yeah. and punch the author in the face and get my, <laughs> and get my $29.95 back. <laughs> Yeah. Because it was an autobiography about his life That's and not the journey of his life. Like, mm. I got it that you're a professor, you yeah. started a church, you did all these things, but what happened when his son passed? Mm. It really didn't explain. So this gives you a kind of an explanation what the grieving parts are, not the anger, denial, all that stuff is, it's not in the book. It, that That's clinical stuff and I'm not asked. So, yeah. but that was the thing that Ron, okay, so Ron <laughs> and I go through the process and then you, you I had a notebook and I wrote all these things because uh, you, your counselor makes yeah. you go and they do all these studies. Oh, by the way, uh, in six months into counseling, uh, the counselor and Ron talked me into going into uh, to a group session okay. because you need to know that you're not alone. So I said, mm. okay, it was scary. That's good. 30 people are signed up for half men, half women kind of a thing. And I, I got kind of like, not excited, but I think, okay, maybe I can hear them and then it will teach me things. The first day of the, the, the Zoom meeting, it's seven women and me. And I'll tell you, wow. man, that's why I know women can, they all were crying. They were all telling their stories. They were connecting wow. with one another. Wow. Me in the corner going, oh my God, they want me to cry. <laughs> I don't know how to cry. I was crying for them because I felt their pain, but I couldn't cry for myself because I was so wow. scared. You're like, oh my God. And that's where like men are just. We're just not built that way, you know. We yeah. can feel other people's grieving, but you, 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 or you're hiding everything. Then you're trying to fix things. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Nothing that worked. Yeah. And reading the books made me even angrier. Like <laughs> literally, I told my like, I'm gonna punch that guy. Again. And I actually <laughs> wanted to fly also to Boston because the other book I read was another professor from Harvard. I'm like, man, I'm gonna punch that guy. Get my 1990. <laughs> and she's like, my the wife is like, you're gonna spend two thousand dollars to <laughs> so you get. Guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Punching people, like, I want my money back, man. Mother, <laughs> crazy guys. You're like, why That's, did you write this? So dude. anyway, so Ron read all my notes and he said, you should write this. All the notes wow, you yeah, took, yeah. you should put it in a wow. book. And I said, dude, I'm not a writer. He goes, you already did it. It's wow. right there in front of you. And I looked and I started reading each of the, each week, all the notes I took. And and I'm like, oh, you're right. It's it's there. So yeah. we wrote the book and and people read it. It's there's a lot of like the way I surf and the way I live, and it's in the book that that way people can see it. It's 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 oh, it's never ending. It's mm -hmm. there are all the things that you think, and then at the end I said, don't do this. <laughs> the do's and don't. Right. Uh, it, it's tough. Uh, uh, yeah, even now to this day, Shane and I talk about the do's and don'ts. And earlier you said, hey, you don't know, you don't know what to say. Shane and I don't know what to say to a new person that comes mm -hmm. into our circle. Mm -hmm. It sucks because yeah. you're like, uh, bro, call me when you're ready. Mm -hmm. And that's all I got for you. And they're like, really? That's all you got for me, Ed? I'm like, yeah, and a hug. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thanks for coffee. I'll call you later. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like you're going to go in your own time. It's in your own pace. Um, so, but I always tell them, don't call me unless you're being counseled. I'm not a counselor and I don't want to make the mistake of giving the wrong information. That's so good. the other guys, they get counseled and they call me and we kind of go through what they did to their counseling week or mm. something happened. Uh, we talk about, Hey, did you do self care? And that's all I do with them. I don't, yeah. I don't counsel anybody. You do that to this day? Oh, yeah. Saying? 
Not, not with Shane. Shane and I talk all kinds of stuff, but right. there's other people that call me and mm-hmm. we talk because they found out that I lost a son. And yeah. and it's been, uh, uh, and one of them is the same way. His son took his life and we talk. We just talk. And half the time we just needed someone to kind of let things out because we had a bad session. And now you just, just want to let things out yeah. and we make fun of each other too like the grieving process you know, he did something totally weird i can't share with you but you're like why would you do that dude are you nuts and, and yeah. we can say that because it's not coming like from you or you that you're like yeah i don't know why you did that but right. for me i'm like whoa mm-hmm. i wouldn't have done that right because well you're not sensitive you know we, and we start joking with each yeah, other yeah, yeah. like and literally we, we're into tears and all of a sudden he says something like now we're laughing about it I'm like wow that was really weird i don't think you should have done that you know yeah, and he's yeah. like really i'm like yeah you know mm-hmm. so it's it's what, what are you said some don'ts what are some do's what are things at least that work for you so you know the other thing that a lot of people do especially men is you think just because he's walking around everything goes back to normal it doesn't whether you're grieving or not grieving men have the tendency like within a month and i told shane i told everybody within a month or two every the food that comes to the door it's going to be gone if you know the 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 the, the calls that want to hang out, that goes away. Right. And then it goes right back to normal two months later. Hey, you want to, oh, the football game, all right, I watch football. Hey, did you do this? <laughs> and and we go back to our same way we talk to him. And I don't hope that against my friends because they don't know what to say still. Sure, like, how right. you doing? But if I could go back and tell them all the guys, dude, I needed you guys like six months into it, seven months, just a phone call like, hey, you want to hang out? Uh, yeah, it would have been helpful. Maybe you said no, but it goes, yeah, but be persistent. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, every two weeks, you want to hang out? You want to you just have a cup of coffee and talk trash? Mm-hmm. Great. You want to tell me? But but it takes time to get to that place. And I don't hold it. A, like, think about if you've lost anyone in your family or you know people that have lost or maybe you're like, oh, the first two months, everybody wants to help. Everybody. Food is piled up. Here. And you, and the mistake we make as is, is, uh, don't bring me any more food. <laughs> we don't have the room for it. Right. right, yeah. But that ends in two months. That's gone. Then you're like, shoot, I should have said, can I have you know, more food? Yeah. <laughs> but, Sign up for me for eight months, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to <laughs> sparse it out. <laughs> but now when somebody, I know somebody's grieving, I say, hey, tell me when you're ready to have a, a different, different conversation. And it doesn't have to be about grieving, by the way. It, it can be about football. I jokingly say that, but we can talk. Just talk, talk. Mm-hmm. Because he might be in a lonely spot and finally he'll open up and says, you know, I'm having these, you know, oh, yeah, don't drink. You know, uh, that's why I know when they're ready, they tell me, I goes, are you drinking? Because that, that's a boo-boo. You know, don't drink, don't do drugs. And uh, again, uh, uh, and the other thing men do is, is so embarrassing. It, we're on this path of grieving. And even Shane and I catch each other doing these things. But we think it's a competition. Like, mm. oh, I, I need to get ahead of Shane. Oh, and Shane's yeah, like, yeah, dude, yeah. no, you're grieving. Like, no, my grieving is different. And, and with my wife, you're like, she's here. And I'm like, how does she get there? And <laughs> men are just so like competitive that we're, we're looking to get there. And you're not going to get there. Just now when I tell people, they're like, really? Let's just take your time to get where I'm at. Don't think that this came over. And they're like, almost seven years. Oh my gosh, you're still grieving? Yeah. Then your counselor say, man. And they get it now. They are starting to get it. But we have this tendency to like compete. Well, you know, it's terrible. And then, but yeah, we catch it. I catch myself doing it all the time. Like, don't say that. That's stupid. 
because he's he's two years out, three years out, you know, and and the holidays are tough. So we're going in that season where the holidays, uh, the first year is the everybody thinks is the hardest, but the second year is just as tough because the first year you do the all the things that happen like birthdays, no longer you can celebrate with your son, uh, birthdays, uh, uh, graduation things, you know, like not the graduation as much, but Christmas, Thanksgiving, yeah. New Year's, that's that's gone. The way you celebrated those holidays and his birthday, completely gone. Yeah. Then the second year, you're like, you feel this complete emptiness because you you now, the first are done, but now everybody thinks, oh, he survived the year. So everybody's like, he's good to go for the second year. And you're not because you're still going, man, you know, then, then the graduation comes. Their friends start graduating. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome to see that you're so happy for them, but in your heart you have this huge hole going. Shoot, he would have been there. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, we're finishing going to medical school. You're like, oh man, he could have been there. So there's a lot of these things that go through, and that's why it can never mm -hmm. it continues. But uh, Michelle did a much better job of dealing with all that in the beginning than I did. I mean, uh, uh, as that's why I, when I talk to the men, this the book is specifically for men. Like just. You know, ask for help. Ask for help. Uh, talk to other men. Uh, do the best you can. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, it's a it's a journey now for us. What do you do for your personal self care? So it turns out, like you know, I surf still. Like, uh, um, and uh, nice. for like seventeen years or so, I kind of slowed down. But then I'm back in the water. But as I was going through counseling, I goes, man, that's not really self caring. You know, like that's because you've done it all your life running you've done it all you have. try to find something that's out of the ordinary to help you kind of oh. treat yourself it doesn't have to be something expensive but every so often like i, I got a new surf watch you know or uh go get hot chocolate and i didn't start drinking hot chocolate even in the middle of summer sometimes i always have a hot chocolate i'll sit down and or pick up some seas candies because it's it's not that wasn't normal before that mm -hmm. Um, That's I go new. To, I've actually never heard that. So yeah, it's you, like self-care, but something new that you haven't done for yourself. Yeah, it, it, because it takes you out of that zone of like, right. because if you surf, you already surfed all your life. So that, that's your, that's sort of your like, like part of your life already. Wow. But you gotta, for me it was like, try to do something that's not, or like every so often you, you go home the, the opposite, like, oh, I'm gonna just take, instead of going to the freeway, I go on you know the street surface because you just wanna change things, you know? Mm. Um, and every time I talk to, go back to counseling stuff and talk to check-ins, you know, there's this like, oh, create a bucket list, right? So the things you can look forward to, but not on someone else's shoulder. You're looking forward to doing it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Just for you. Well, I don't have a bucket list. I'm like, I'm sick and tired of like the, the counselor telling me, I remember you're like, now in my brain, it's like, but Michelle does. She has a bucket list. She wants to go travel. I'm like, that's that's good enough for me. <laughs> because I do. I, I, I'm happy surfing. I'm really happy in the water. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, when I went to Hawaii, the other thing that happened was I met an older gentleman out in the water. And he kept, he said, you mainlanders. Oh, by the way, now the Hawaiians hate all mainlanders. Like, But now it's, <laughs> oh, no. now we're we a big group anymore. He doesn't yeah. go all... You know, Caucasian guy, Asian guy, he, or you know, whatever. He's he just says, Island, "All yeah. you people that don't live in our island, get there. Please the, don't hate us. Yeah, get <laughs> out of here." So, he actually says, "Californians don't have aloha anymore." Wow. I said, "Why? Why is that?" He goes, "Look at you. You're out here scrambling to catch every wave because you guys are in this rat race in California. Catch every wave, cut everybody off." 
dude, you just sit here and enjoy someone else catch a wave, right? And he's talking to me right now. Corner of my eye, I see a wave coming. I'm like, I'll be right back. You know, like, go get it. And, and I just come back. I, I just pedal back out of my, I said, dude, I was just teasing you. I was teasing him. And I, he was like, he started laughing. I was, bro, that's, I never thought about it that way. So I actually came home from Hawaii. And now I have, I think I still have a look. Because if the guy's going, go. You know, somebody's catch a great wave. You watch them like, wow, that was cool. And for me, if I catch five wave, that's a good day. You know, I didn't get hurt. Be thankful that I, you know, think about it. I can still surf, you know, mm -hmm. like this. So I'd be better be thankful that I can do all this. But yeah. anyway, I have my aloha back. And, but it's not the goals. So it's like, you know, a little chocolate. I don't know. There's everybody has something that they, they like that's a little bit different for them to that yeah. doesn't it's not normal for them to do all the time. That's such a powerful thing you just said. Just like sitting there and just watch someone else catch their wave. Mm. That's so powerful, yeah. dude. You know, California you know, like, don't do that. No, they cut you they off don't. and then they give you the they finger. Don't. They cut right. you off and the finger. You're like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going right. to lay hands on you and then going to pray. Oh my <laughs> oh my I, I have yeah. so many yeah. embarrassing stories out in the water until this one moment. Like one time Michelle came to watch me surf. I, yeah, so she's watching me. And this kid cut me off a couple of times. So I started chasing him on the water. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. So, so I get out of the water. Michelle's like, hey, is that, was that your friend? I'm like, no, that jerk kept cutting me off. I was going to... And then pray over him. Like, I'm going to lay hands on you and then pray over you. But, you know, but... but <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but I uh, something else. <laughs> no, I mean, like, yeah, but anyway, oh, so yeah, so aloha. Mm. You need us. So yeah, I'm learning all kinds wow. of When you ask me, what am I undoing? I don't know what I'm undoing, but I'm still learning a lot. Wow. I'm learning a yeah. lot from God. Wow. It's like reteaching me things and being humble about it. Just, man, you know, I'm poor Michelle knows I have a temper and I blow up and then I'm over it and like just let it go mm -hmm. uh, and, and no mm -hmm. punching people out in the water and things like that but yeah. yeah you know I think I'm also being reminded as I'm you know um, so right now uh, in my church we're studying the book of Daniel and um, which is which is great because I never actually studied the book of Daniel I never even read yeah. it I just know the stories right uh -huh. so I'm always thinking like Daniel is this like brave little boy who like did some cool things within like you know, a few months and, uh, you know, he got tossed into the lion's den when he was this little boy. And it's like, I'm like getting this very, I thought these, you know, cute Bible stories. And I'm learning now that like, no, it, it, this, this was years and years and years of Daniel's faithfulness. So like, I'm learning that when he was thrown in the lion's den, he was like 80 years old. And I'm like, wow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there's, when you, when you, when we read scripture, at least for me, you know, I tend to think, or I forget, like the the Israelites wandered in the wilderness for forty years. I'm forty two, <laughs> so like my entire life, these guys are just wandering, you know, They're walking around in and, circles. But like, yeah. I forget that God works in years and He takes His time, and yeah. um, you know, I, I think it's a reminder as I'm even hearing you talk about, yeah, grieving may be forever or who knows, right? We don't know yeah. what God does and how he decides to heal or what he decides to let continue on. Um, but I think there is so much, I don't know, I don't want to say comfort, but just knowing that like when something takes a long time for you, it's nothing new to God. 
You know, God's not like, I'm going to choose to uniquely do something weird in your life that I've never done in anyone else's (laughs) life. You know what I mean? Like God, like he shows us like, no, I've, I've been showing you this all throughout scripture. I take my time because I know what's being grown in that time, you know? And I think there's something even just with what you're saying that I I find comforting where like, hey, look, your process with the Lord is your process with the Lord. Just And you were talking about competing. Oh, well, how come he's so far ahead? How how did he figure it out? Am I not doing something right? right. You know, and 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 I and I think not. I think I know like God's saying, like, don't worry about his uh, this other person. Like, let's focus on us, you know, And, and, and you can ask me all the questions you want. And like as you were talking about, like, you know, like yelling at God and, you know, like, like saying whatever you want, like God could take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I, I forget though, too, that um, even like, you know, when you read, when we read through the Psalms, so much of David's prayers to God is like, Lord, how long are you going to hide from me? Like, yeah, how yeah. long, oh Lord, are you going to like, and he's angry and he's, he's, I'm like, bro, are you yelling at God? Are you allowed yeah. to yell at God? You know, like these things I'm like, wow, this this is just a man who's being honest before his Lord and exactly. he's holding nothing back. And then the Lord helps him process these things as he yells, as he cries out, as he fasts um, and, and mourns and years and years of this. And yet God says, this is the man after my own heart, the person who could be know, this right? raw, you know, that's someone who could be this honest. Um, yeah, he's he's the man after my own heart. And so I just, as I'm hearing you even process all of this, I'm just reminded of that. And it's just, I mean, I find it to be encouraging and helpful. I mean, my dad passed away uh, three years ago, but he got shot in 1995, you know? So like there was a whole 25 years of like, God, why did you, why did you allow my dad to get shot? But like, not only did he get shot, but he survived in a way where it made our lives even more difficult. Like I would have, it's in a weird way. I'm like, I would have rather him just died when he got shot. Mm, But the fact that he didn't die and came back even as a more difficult person to live with. And, you know, I was 14 years old at the time. So I'm learning how to grow up as a young man without a father to look up to. And if any, if anything, I would look at him as like a burden and I'm like, God, why, why did you allow this to happen? But 25, 28 years now, cause you know, he passed in 2020. Um, I now look at that as a blessing and, and cause I, I know that my life wouldn't have turned out the way that it did had that not happened. That was the thing that like with my dad getting shot, that was like the single event that forced my life to be, uh, go in a different direction. Like, cause I know that I was going down the wrong path prior to that and such a tragedy, like someone getting shot to be viewed as like a blessing. Like, why, why would you think something like yeah. that could be a blessing? But when I look now, over the past 28 years, my God, if my dad didn't get shot, I would either be dead or in jail, like straight up. I just know that to be the case. And and then through that, like I got saved, my dad got saved. And um, it's just, it's so weird though, like to, to look at like what God can use um, these tragic things and how can he use that for his glory and how can he use that to save other people and I never understood that until very recently where I'm like, and I actually processed this like yeah. on this podcast as we were talking about it. And I was like, whoa, my dad getting shot was like a gift from God. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, you it know takes I mean? time. Yeah. 
So you actually kind of feel like understanding that, you know, even at that time you kept asking God, why did this happen? How could you do this to my father? Like these are things that Shane and I ask on a regular basis, but it's going to take time. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping not 28 years, but hopefully it's a lot less than that because then you still have to learn to do that, all that stuff. You know, when my older brother passed away, I didn't have a chance to even talk about that, even Mm -hmm. think about that because I have six girls getting married you like so now again it's like it takes time and now looking back in my life what's important what's not uh i still have a temper i still have to learn through all those things but i actually like little things don't bother me as much anymore mm-hmm. they're just like yeah i just getting it at the moment then i cool off and then i i let it go but i think those are the feelings like why why did this happen to me you know, and the sad thing is sometimes you're like, damn, why you couldn't have done it there, you know, instead, mm-hmm. which is even worse. Mm-hmm. I tell a total worse feeling in my heart uh, um, when I wish that's to someone else in my life. Because, you know, you, for you guys, maybe you have not, you know, maybe just Shane and I, but, you know, you, gosh, how do they get there? Mm-hmm. You know, like, so. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I, I do want to mention is that, um, What's beautiful about like all these stories in the Bible that we hear is we get to see this wrestling between their relationship with God. That's like what we see. And all the external stuff is just noise. What we really focus on is the thing that you just shared about David, right? Or how he's struggling and yelling at the Lord, things like that, man after my own heart. And, and I think about like you, Ed, and like when people know you from the outside, you're like this like serial entrepreneur. You got all these <laughs> yeah. businesses, you know. Hmm. Back in the day, there was no such thing as API, but you now you're on API everything, you know. I know. Like, I know. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, um, uh, yeah. So yeah. just one quick study. Yeah. Those Hawaiians growing up, they were, oh, we're not Asian, bro. You like too. <laughs> Right. Now That's they're right. API. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> shout out API. Yeah, shout out. Shout out. Shout out to Hawaiians. We all all the Hawaiians. We all love you. But um, what's <laughs> funny is I just wanted to mention how like it's incredible that this is the core of the battlefield of like what you're really going through. Like, yeah. This is it. And on top of all that, there's like you're you're like running businesses. You're running teams. You're running all these people but you're wrestling with all this and that's just incredible of like how what's like what what actually matters versus like what other people really see and i think i just wanted to pause and say that because there's so many people that get so stuck on the outside like they want to like put up this they're putting so much effort on what's only being so surface level when this is like the stuff that really matters because if any of this stuff goes out of whack, your whole life crumbles anyway. Yeah. All this business stuff, all this like show, you know, clout, whatever, all this stuff in the front, all that goes away in an instant if the, exactly. the real stuff isn't there, you know? So I just wanted to just pause and like recognize the fact oh, thank that you. the journey that you've been on is also on top of Wahoo's, on top of hmm. uh, all these different businesses and, all these different shops that you have and and this so originally you know uh you know and john park had to wake me up to this fact this early this year because he goes why did you open tosin and it was probably the same reason why you know i buried everything i thought that that was going to help me bury but COVID Mm. hit and put the pause button on our lives 
So that put a pause because I was so busy building like, oh, I got to open this, I got to open that, I got to get this, that. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> everything stopped. Now we had time to re, kind of regroup our thoughts. And then it went from that too. So I think that now looking back, it, it you know, maybe I opened all these things because I needed to bury, you know, my thoughts again. It's like, it was an escape route. And all I did, that's why I, when I talked to other men, it's like, don't don't hide it. Don't make big decisions. I, I'm, if it wasn't for Michelle, it probably wouldn't be here either. So there's all these things that now looking back, I'm man, that's that was a boo boo. Never make a dis- major decision through life in while you're grieving. And I was going, I was doing all the wrong things throughout that period of time. But I think I opened toast. Now, you know, maybe that was a wake up call for me when John said, "Why did you open?" I said, "Well, I, I thought I was opening because I wanted to help him, and I thought I was opening to to help others in the community, which is part of our mission." But maybe the, I opened that to save myself, right. you know, be part of the uh, bearing that thing. Um, you know, so I'm going through that struggles right now in my mind. Why did I open all this stuff? I should have just taken my money and just, <laughs> just kept quiet, you know. <laughs> Instead, I opened mm. restaurants. You're like, oh my god, why do I need yeah. to mentor another ding dong chef? No, totally kidding. But you know, <laughs> but it's but these kids have made me feel alive too, mm. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. craziness. Well, so we call this show Good Service. Uh, we like to share a good meal and, and uh, you know, restaurants that serve good food and also provide good service. But uh, we believe that everybody has the ability and calling to serve in some capacity. So to you, Ed, what is good service to you? You know, I'm learning that all over again. But I think for me now, um, besides serving like God is and I think I started the priority all over again. I have to serve serve God first in my life all over again and learning all that. Second to that is my wife. I need to make sure I service her all the time. And then our son, you know, it's like family. Uh, but, and then you can start, you can't, like I used to make fun of pastors and, and missionaries. Like you go, you're going around the world, saving the world, but you're not even saving your own family wow, at times, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. I used to say that, but now I've learned my lessons, much more humbled about that. <laughs> so I want to work with God. And I think you did it right. It's like work with him first and then work, work on our marriage, work on, you know, being a father all over again. And then I think it'll make me a better person to be able to serve others in the community again. Mm-hmm. And that might be the next calling. But first mm-hmm. I got to, you know, make sure that I'm good at home and good with God. Uh, maybe, hopefully this year I won't yell at him anymore. Be just, just learn to trust him. Just mm-hmm. learn to trust him. Um, be thankful and trust. Like I, I was, I think I was telling Michelle this. I just want to learn to do one thing at a time, mm. not just go like, "I want to learn trust and I'm going to go save the world." You know? Like, no, <laughs> yeah. to just just calm down, take a chill pill, and just learn to walk with God. And I love the fact that you brought the Holy Spirit. You know, I had never thought about that. He's right here. He mm-hmm. He was left here to to help us, and I keep forgetting that. So mm-hmm. now I'm going to go and go. Hey. Now I got this. This could help. But anyway, service right now is in the back of my mind. But God first, mm. family, and uh, start with that. I think I need to work with my family and, and uh, my brothers, you know, too, you know, all of them. Yeah. Because I yeah. think I took a pause on everything in the last seven years. Mm. Mm. That's really good. Um, what is a way that uh, we here or our listeners uh, can serve you? Wow. You know, uh, 
I'm very thankful about the fact that there's a lot of people praying for me and um, that it's been such a blessing, you know, knowing what, like Brett they just moved to uh, uh, Australia, he continues praying. That I think is uh, the biggest blessing. If anybody's out there hearing me, like, you know, pray, pray for us, you know, continue praying for one another. Uh, and that's, that's what we need. We'll definitely be praying for you and, and the book. Um, Thank you. you. Have. Yeah. So I have a book I wrote. It's after. <laughs> and Ron was my co-author. He happens to be one of my closest friends, but mm -hmm. learning how to live after losing a child. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah. Guys, make sure you get to go out and grab that book. Um, Ed, thank you so much for um, spending some time with us and uh, for just being so open and transparent. And, um, and these types of conversations are so difficult to have, um, you know, but they're so necessary because it's an unfortunate reality of life. And, and, and people are out there that um, we believe that uh, need to have more of these conversations or even just listen in on a conversation about it, you know, so you know, we hope and pray that, um, you know, this blesses, you know, whoever's watching this. Yeah. So thank you so much, Ed. Thank you. Uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Good Service. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace, we out. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe and leave us that five-star rating. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Good Service Pod and on YouTube at Good Service Podcast. And if you'd like to support us, you can donate on Cash App at Good Service Podcast. Thank you. Peace.